I think it's the, the development of the inquisitive mind. And, and I think grandma used to do something I know with my grand, you, you and your other cousins that she did this serendipity stuff where she just used to give the kids a, uh, she had an old set of encyclopedias and she'd just say, okay, here's a book, look up, find something you're interested in. Welcome to another episode of Dear Dano. Today I have a very special guest again. This is my grandpa, um, David Pepke. He has taken care of me for a lot of my life. We even lived with him for a short time um, when I was about nine or so. Today we spent a lot of our time talking about knowledge. And more specifically, I think we focused on learning to love learning. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello. Good evening, grandfather. Good, good evening. How are you? I am fine. Are you ready to just babble about nothing? Yes. Okay. I'm you, great at babbling. I am too, as you well know. Very well know. I think I probably talk to you about stuff more than anyone. My I'm, uh, chaotic. I'm blessed to have you do that. Oh, that's so kind of you. But in at the times when uh, it's overwhelming, I'm glad that you continue to listen to me. So I felt like tonight would be, you know, obviously we talked about talking about knowledge and what it means to gain knowledge. And I think just like to start off... Um, kind of your thoughts on that. I know, obviously, being a high school counselor, you weren't really a teacher, but in a way, you tried to help guide people to gathering knowledge and um, options so that they could make decisions. What did you learn in the course of, well, I guess, the last, what, 80 years now of your life on gaining knowledge? I've learned quite a lot. Well, share with uh, right. share with us a little bit of some of the things that um, that you've learned or um, seen others do to get knowledge. Well, I think that uh, in referencing um, knowledge and learning, I think that in my lifetime. I've, I've uh, as the probably the best way to describe it, I've learned more about learning from reflecting back on others that I observed. Mm. And one of the first ones was my mother. And my mother was a, a avid contester. And back in the 40s and 50s, the rage was writing jingles for commercials for the radio and for and different companies paid money for people to write jingles for them. So they'd like have something yeah. in the newspaper, like a contest to to have a jingle for for some uh, some random company in town that would go on the radio. Yes. Exactly. And some of them were big companies like 
um, I can't remember example, but some of them were fairly big companies. But anyway, it it was my mom was an invalid, so this was one of the ways that she could earn a little money by winning those contests. And I have in my possession a little book that showed where she had gotten one dollar for this jingle and five dollars for this jingle and and if she got ten or fifteen dollars for a jingle it was a pretty big day so that's uh one of the ways that i learned that she learned by writing and and doing things and and contest you know entering contests right and and then uh as i uh observed my probably my next person i observed was my wife and uh, she went back to school as a grandmother and i saw her well prior to that she was an avid reader of books and many of them were uh religious books but also the scriptures and um some self-help books and things like that and but she was a constant reader Hmm. and and then i think that i would have to jump to my own children and i had a number of children that really liked learning and one of the keys that i saw in them was reading they liked to read a lot yeah and and they would read and they would write their, they were able to write their feelings or write um, essay questions really well and things like that. Yeah. So, and then I, you're then, saying that a lot of these people, you learn from watching what they were doing. Yes. I, I observed, I'm not sure I did a lot of learning that way, but I saw others who that's the way they learned and their knowledge was very, very adequate. I mean, more than adequate because they were so such avid readers and they, they were actively involved in their learning process. Well, they probably shared with you what they were learning. I mean, grandma for sure talked to you about stuff she was reading, didn't she? Oh, absolutely. That's where I learned the gospel. So learning through listening, obviously. Pardon? Learning through listening. Yes. Yeah. That that was my best way of learning. Uh, when I was in college, I I uh, was a sponge. Yeah. I, I listened, and uh, reading the book wasn't really too effective for me, but listening to the group discussion and the teacher lecture and stuff like that. I was a sponge and I remembered stuff that way. Yeah. You know, I find it interesting that, well, I don't want to go super, super deep, but you know, like one element of learning, like you said, is listening to others talk about what they're learning. So actively trying to set aside time, obviously in this, podcast here it's an opportunity for me to talk to people and try to learn from them through listening to their story 
asking questions, obviously, to get them to talk. But what I don't want to get too deep on was the physics about all of this, right? The, you know, in, in, in school, one of my favorite classes, and you know the instructor, um, he's from Rigby, and I can't remember his name exactly, but it was a, it was a, a class called Light and Sound. And the instructor was a neuroscientist, neurosurgeon, or something like that, and um, from Rigby, which I wish I could remember his name. And I, I don't know why I can't right now. But um, the reason it was one of my favorite classes is because we learned about sound waves and how sound waves enter into the ear, how they vibrate on the eardrum and send the signal into the brain, and we process those sounds uh, as as um, well as words, right? We we learn what growing up the words, and you know if you're a different language and you listen to another language, there's a there's a kind of a you know obviously some sort of a um, a wall there we can't understand. But I think what's interesting in listening to others, we gain knowledge from that sound coming in our ears, vibrating off our eardrums. And we process it and we can retain it in our brains. Again, too deep of topics per se, but that that is one way that we are able to to learn is through our ears, through listening. And the whole yeah. physics side of everything that's going on with the ear, scientifically, again, physics-wise, that allows us to to understand things. And maybe a cool thing, though, is... is is something separate, which is truth. Because there's like the study of knowledge, or excuse me, not study of knowledge. There's knowledge, but, you know, like learning, let's say, uh, well, I guess the question I would ask you is, is there a difference between something that is, let's say, light or, or, or truth that is eternal truth and something that seems uh, more abstract? And I guess truth can seem abstract, but an example, like... You um, you burn your hand by touching the stove. And so now you've gained knowledge that the stove is hot and that you shouldn't touch things that look red like that and that put off heat. Um, so is that something that's like an eternal truth or is that just kind of a, a temporal truth? Or obviously it's our using our bodies, um, our hands. So that's another way to gain knowledge, but like, touching things and experiencing things, slamming your door into the, or excuse me, your, your finger in the door, or like today, perfect example, I used my hands to put together a dishwasher, or not put it together, but install it in your house, and I gained a lot of knowledge doing that, uh, obviously there's some things I did wrong and some things I did great, and now I retain that, hopefully, for the future, is that eternal truth that I learned today? Is it eternal truth of burning your hand or, or you know, hitting your thumb with a hammer? Um, if, I, if we don't do it again, yes. So I would say it is eternal if we don't repeat it. So it gives you an opportunity to experience something that... And, you know, <clears throat> I think in discussing that... Um, one of the scriptures that I, I, I felt like was cool, Hebrews 5, 8. Um, I'll just read Hebrews 5, 8. Though he were a son, 
speaking of Christ, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. So he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And that's not to say that Christ was disobedient, but there was clearly some things that maybe he hadn't fully learned yet, right? Such as, as it says here, he learned obedience or you know, the ability to be obedient um, by the things which he suffered. So there was something there, and, and I guess what, correlating to what you were talking about with eternal truth, it's like, okay, well, if I slam my finger, that hurts pretty bad. That's, that's a little bit of suffering right there. And that knowledge kind of moves with me into the future. And so we, we pass knowledge on, right? So you, is there anything that I did as a kid that you stop me from doing because you know that I would have either gotten really hurt, gone to the hospital, died. Is there anything that you can remember like preventing me from doing? Um, I tried very hard to keep you out of the road when mm. you were young. When we get in and out of cars, I'd give you instruction to either stay by me or stay by grandma. And, and uh, I think that's one of the, one of the most frightening things when grandparents have their grandchildren is, you know, the kids running into the road or getting in front of a car in a parking lot or something. Let's, so that would be one thing that you. Yeah, no, I you, think, I think you that were that's obedient great. and listen. And I, I thank you for, for helping me. Uh, oh, oh me who is so young and don't, doesn't know a single thing of, cars and how fast they travel um physics yeah physics and i'd like to come back to that though um uh, that specific story because i think it's very relevant in this conversation so we'll come back to it in a second i want to i want to try to pull it back to temporal knowledge and i you know again there is obviously eternal knowledge and i want to get into like the eternal scheme of our, our life here on earth and how um you know, essentially what I want to talk about later is how God, our Heavenly Father, um, Christ, the Holy Ghost, they see, they know things um, that we don't know, just like you knew things that I didn't know as a kid. And when we listen to them, they have knowledge that they've gained uh, over time or however they gained it. We won't stray into that territory too much, but they, they know they know everything. And because they know that, they know what's good and what's bad. And when we listen to them, we can gain, and what it seems like with Christ in following what he was asked to do, learning obedience, and is being able to, um, when we listen, prevent ourselves from having heartache and pain um, by learning from their knowledge as they give it to us, as they share it to us, that light and truth. We can actually gain that uh, and use that in our lives and on into the eternities. But I wanted to pull it back for just a second to temporal things, like how we gain knowledge here on earth. Now, not from the standpoint of God speaking to us, but from the standpoint of each other, ourselves, through us reading, through us watching a video, um, listening to an audio book, talking to each other. Um, what do, would you say is like one of the more, like, let's say, well, you can say the gospel, but like separate from that, like, a thing that you have learned, knowledge you have gained, that has been a little bit more prolific in your life? 
Well, for me personally, I think uh, uh, speaking of myself, um, I think it, I would go to like physical and uh, nutritional and things like that. I think that as when I was younger, I, I, what you eat and how you carry on with uh, activity, whether it's exercising or running or whatever, when you're younger, I think those are principles that are pretty er easily learned and, and uh, demonstrated. But by doing that, your body feels good and uh, yeah. you're able to accomplish a lot more things and getting rest, getting a good night's sleep. So those to me are the things to me that are pretty temporal, but very, very important to learning. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I mean, that's true. I think the point that I get out of that is, listen, if your body isn't doing all right, you ain't, you're not going to be learning a whole lot of things um, because you're, you're not going to be fully awake, fully active, mentally spiritually, you're just not going to be able to reta retaining knowledge, um, paying attention, being able to hear what somebody's saying if your body isn't in a state of, let's say, homeostasis, um, where it feels good for you to be able to receive that information. Right. So I think that that's a very good point that probably should be iterated yet again, which is taking care of your physical body as best you can, Obviously, there's health problems that come about that we don't know why. Um, a friend of ours has leukemia, and um, he was he was super healthy, right? So uh, we don't always get to determine, but doing whatever you can within you know where you are to try to stay healthy, e eating a little healthier, drinking plenty of water, getting the sleep that you need, going to bed. And on a separate topic or a separate episode, we'll probably talk a lot more about discipline, about um, um, about habits, and about just trying to to control the natural man. Um, but I think that that's a good point of the body is this well, what we would call the receptacle of the knowledge, and if it's at a bad place, it's not going to be able to receive it. Um, right. And so I think that that's an important thing to mention. And, and, and just going over, so we've got our ears, and we kind of talked a little bit about the physics with sound waves and how they work. Obviously, you know, we have issues when people are, are deaf. They are incapable of hearing sound. And so obviously there's a sign language and, and, and visually being able to read books. And so we move on to, to that form of us being able to see things, whether it be a video, reading a book, is, uh, again, it's like, okay, you can say the scriptures. Are there any other books outside of those that have been very, you know, prominent in your life that have, have stood out to you as very insightful books that you've read that you've gained knowledge from? Well, for, for me, I really, as a father, young father, I really enjoyed picture books. Mm. Uh, the first books were the ones that taught the, my children, the words like a fire truck or, uh, like one 
one book would be about all the different kind of trucks. And then another, maybe a page in a book, the, the different farm animals and you do the sounds and all those different things. And to me, developing that language at an early age was, was critical. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I think that um, when I got into college, I, I think that I realized that reading was such an important uh, skill to have. And, and those people who were able to read and write, they did very well in school and in college. And so that's why I love those little picture books. And even, even I had them for my grandkids and, and I just loved getting a grandkid on my lap and going through those picture books and, and teaching them the different words for different things and, and how quickly they were able to learn them. But it just seemed like it helped with their development and love of words and things like that. Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to say that back to your first question, what I observed over my years and, and uh, I've been blessed to have grandkids who, because of their parents, I'm sure are so inquisitive that they love learning. And I have 12 grandkids and every one of them is, is uh Oh, they seek education. They love learning. They read, and uh, they're inquisitive. and And so, I'm tickled that that their parents have given those them opportunities to develop those skills of reading and writing and and being inquisitive because it just makes a difference in their life. Yeah, And I like me not being a big reader and a writer, good writer. I, I see the struggles that people like that have. And as a counselor, even I see the kids that, that don't acquire those skills and math, even you can include math in there, reading, writing, and, and, uh, and arithmetic. Mm. It's true. Those are the basics. Yeah. For success in people. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, it's so weird because as, as an adult now, I don't think that we really understand how important, like if you were to, like if you were to say that you take your, those picture books or me going to kindergarten or, and, and whatnot, if you were to cut that out of our lives, instantaneously what would we be like right now i think it'd be interesting to see like would i be able to read would i be able to write could i do more advanced math problems or would i only be able to like count on my fingers and i think we see the result of you know unfortunately some people who go to schools or or, or drop out or, or aren't able to go to schools uh, some can't read still some can't can't write i Dated a girl whose uh, dad. I don't think that. What could he not do? He he either couldn't read or he couldn't write. 
I can't remember what it was. I think maybe he couldn't write. I can't remember. It was something, though, and it was really weird. And I thought to myself, man, I'm so glad that I have that ability. Because in being able to not only have other people that can write, I can read what they write, whether it be, like you said, in a book, a, a picture book as a kid, or a, you know these bigger books that I've been reading lately. I'm able to read that so I can actually gain the knowledge. But not only that, I have the ability to write so I can share my own ideas. And because I'm able to speak through this microphone, and so are you, and we have some ability to control our words, even though we might not use the right words all the time, we have the ability to communicate with each other, and so we can share ideas through our voice, through that sound. Um, I'm reading right now. I have a computer in front of me, and I can read this Doctrine and Covenants uh, 88. This is 118. And it says, And as all have not faith, seek ye diligently, and teach one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out of the best books, words of wisdom. Seek learning, even by study and also by faith. And we'll get into the discussion about study and faith. That'll be, you know, coming back to what we originally talked about with me running out on the road. But here we are. We're... Seek, it says, seek you diligently and teach one another words of wisdom. So you're sharing with me and I'm sharing with you. And I think, I, <clears throat> I really feel like we don't do that a lot, right? With social media, we're sharing a lot of memes, we're sharing a lot of TikTok videos and all that, but we're not really talking about ideas very much. Uh, talking about the gospel, let's say, or, um, you know, just anything, physics, airplanes, basketball, like we don't, we just don't talk with each other very much. We don't, do a lot of phone calls. We spend a lot of time texting. and That's very true. You came I, from an I era that that didn't exist. You had to talk to each other, either on a phone call or, or you had to walk somewhere and talk to people. Right. I think that, um, I, I think that the beauty that I see happening uh, with my children and grandchildren is that the technology... Uh, is there for everybody, but everybody doesn't uh, take advantage of it. And what do you mean by that, that, though? What do you mean by take advantage of it? I think that I think like they got all these uh, videos you can watch of how to do things. They got videos of or uh, uh, YouTube kind time type of things where you can watch. Uh, anything you want in Yellowstone. There's all kinds of movies about it. In other words, you don't have to go to all these places. You can have the experience by, by the technology that's available. You can learn things. You can, uh, I mean, there's quite a knowledge available for those who are willing to just be calm and sit down and, and take the time to do it. Right. And and your desires, I mean, everything is your fingertips to learn. And uh, I think it's the, the development of the inquisitive mind. Yeah. And and I think Grandma used to do something I know with my grand you you and your other cousins that and brothers and sister, but she did this serendipity stuff where. She just used to give the kids a, uh, she had an old set of encyclopedias and she'd just say, okay, here's a book, look up, 
find something you're interested in and <laughs> and share it. So you do that and, with me? Uh, Hello? Hello? She would do that with me? Yeah, she did that with all my grandkids. Oh, I uh, it was, And she did it in her classroom as she was teaching the fourth grade. Huh. It was serendipity was a big thing for her because she wanted, she wanted the kids. She knew if kids would be allowed to do, look at things they were interested in, they'd get excited about it. Well, once you got in excited about your own topic that you were really interested in, then you learned how to transfer that learning to other topics. Mm. And you and back then they were using encyclopedias. Nowadays the kids got the the internet and and Google and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was teaching the in to be inquisitive and then do something about it. You know, the excitement to learn. Well, let's pause there right here. Again, we'll just go back to Doctrine and Covenants 88, 118, 118. Seek, seek learning, it says, even by studying, also by faith. It says to seek it, right? Which I think yes. is what you're saying, which is, okay, let's go and find something that you're currently, you know, well, well I guess I, that's an interesting idea, honestly, for any younger parents out there, um, or, you know, parents with younger kids, rather, that... You like give them an encyclopedia if they're able to read and they go through it and you know you know find something that that interests them that that really kind of drives them that motivates them to like hey I read about uh, let's like telescopes what a telescope is I want to learn about telescopes and then the parent can work with them to you know look up different articles learn about who invented telescopes and all that stuff that's a very intriguing exactly. thing to do and from doing that you 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 are seeking learning you're wanting to understand and, and I'm trying to remember let's see learn to love learning somebody said that at some point uh let's see <clears throat> this is on church of jesus christ learning to love learning of course it would be elder bednar and i re- i think i remember this talk uh i was on my mission at the time this is in february 2010 who knows? I'm not going to go through all of it, but I just like the, the topic, learning to love learning. It says, is central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and, and that's what your, that was your philosophy of, of uh, what your grandmother taught in elementary school is that if you can teach the kids to love learning, then they're on their way. Yeah, they they will learn things. Uh, you know, there's sometimes people complain that my my child doesn't have a good teacher, but I found out over the years that uh, kids learn in spite of teachers. Those who are are motivated will learn because they love learning. Right, and and. Uh, it's it's like I'm like I say my grandkids are prime examples. They're so motivated to learn stuff that they know how to do it and they're on their own. They don't need to be having somebody teaching them about things. They can learn it on their own. Right. 
Well, I guess then the ultimate objective should be to help kids learn how to love learning instead of teaching them ideas, which I'll be honest, I don't remember very much from my school days. I'm sure you don't either. However, I think that there's probably things that we do know because of our school days. We just don't know that we do because probably we don't use a lot of the stuff that we learned, like especially history-based stuff, at least for me. Yeah. But if you You can... You know the thing I remember most about elementary school? Getting smacked on the hands with a ruler. No. Well, that's one of the things I remember from uh, fourth grade. <laughs> that's sad. I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah. That that's a that's the least. That's probably the least important, or the that's detrimental to learning. Well, I learned to um, not um, ever communicate with that teacher again. Yeah. At least but, not in a class. Okay. Perhaps maybe I I was doing something that I shouldn't have been doing, and I needed the uh, I needed the reminder. No, there was uh, actually Dan. I, your grandmother and I took a class one time at uh, Walla Walla Community College, and it was um, what was it called? It was. Uh, um, Math anxiety. Let's see. It was a class about math anxiety. And there yeah. was 10 adults in that class who had that. And they, some of these people had master's degrees and, and college bachelor's degrees. And they were, they had done good in school, but because they had, they suffered from math anxiety and the math anxiety, some of the, many of the kids said that, or not the kids, many of the students in that class referred back to when they were in elementary school. And we were of the age, I being 80 now, but many of them had suffered from elementary teachers hitting them across the ruler wow. when they were either trying to memorize their multiplication tables or uh i don't know just doing a procedure i i i didn't suffer from that myself but i just took the class because i went with grandma because she wanted me to go so i went but uh it was very interesting to hear all the the different things and these people grew up to be successful but they still had that anxiety <laughs> and uh and uh it's amazing how uh, something little like that can affect the future of somebody's ability to learn because they kind absolutely. of get into a state of, oh, I can't ask questions or I can't do this or that without getting smacked on the, the fingers. And even though it's probably not going to happen, that fear is still exists um, in some way. And so they still hold back a little bit with, well, one of the big things that I, you know, because I've told you, I never learned how to throw a baseball growing up. Okay, imagine a 28-year-old man um, who grew up in the United States who didn't learn how to throw a baseball. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's others like me who don't know, but that's not a very common thing, I feel like. to, to At least it wasn't for most of the people that I lived around in Utah. Um, yeah. 
And I just think to myself, but but here's the difference, right? Is now, are you confident enough in yourself that it doesn't matter if you look stupid either reading a book, okay? You know, because I, I didn't read a whole lot of books because I had some kind of reading issues growing up and grandma tried to help a little bit with that, but I still didn't read a whole lot. And then the last year, not to toot my horn, but I will toot my horn because it's awesome. I, I read 20 books this year, almost 22 now. Hopefully I'll finish them by the end of the year. But that's 20 books. That's like more books than I've read in my whole life. Right. And I think the difference was for me, I'm going to I'm gonna just state this uh, quote by President Brigham Young. President Young, this is from the, that talk, Learning to Love Learning by Elder Bednar. Um, President Young repeatedly taught that, quote, the objective of our mortal existence is to learn. And that was from a Teachings of the President of the Church, Brigham Young, page 85, 1997. The following statements by President Young emphasize this truth. Quote, the religion embraced by the Latter-day Saints, if only slightly understood, prompts them to search diligently after knowledge. There is no other people in existence more eagle, <laughs> eagle, more eager to see, hear, learn, and understand truth. And that is from Teachings, Brigham Young, page 194, 194. And I think that that's what happened to me, right? Like, the closer I get or got to praying to God, reading the scriptures, getting more involved with the gospel, well, I had this innate desire to learn things. And he talks in here about how not, you know, not all knowledge is the same. There are some things that really aren't that important for us to learn. Um, and then there are other things that are of great importance, so like the gospel being one of them. And then it kind of, you know, goes down in progress. I don't think me learning how to throw a baseball is a significantly important thing for me to learn. Um, but the diff- But the thing is, if I desire to learn it, then the ability for me to do that is just, me, the person keeping me from doing that is is really just me. Um, and do I have the confidence, and now I do, to actually be able to go out of my way to learn how to throw a baseball and not care if I look like an idiot um, and get at least sufficient at doing it so that I can understand how to throw a baseball. And I don't know if I'd ever need to use that because I don't play a lot of sports, but I now learn how to do something. And today... Again, bringing this up, I learned how to put install a dishwasher, and not all dishwashers are created equal, but I definitely learned from doing that. Exactly. And I just think, you know, talking to you about a lot of stuff, I, I never was interested in physics, really, until this this year, and I haven't learned a lot, or philosophy, or, or but in the process of getting closer to God and studying the scriptures more and, and the gospel... I just have this innate desire to to learn specific things. I don't have an interest in a lot of the stuff I used to do, and I'm grateful for that. Um, I just think that God helped. I had a, a, well, I kind of changed my heart, and it it helped bring me to a place that I'm really happy with. And um, he says again, put forth your ability to learn as fast as you can, and gather all the strength of mind and principle of faith you possibly can, and then distribute your knowledge to the people. And that's in uh, the same page in Teachings uh, Brigham Young, page 194. And, you know, what good is knowledge if it's not shared with others? 
Right. One of the things I was going to say again is that we talked a little bit negative about the kids getting whacked on the hands with the with the rulers, you know, doing yeah. math. Yeah. They get frustrated when they went and studied their times tables or whatever it was. But anyway, I I really can say that that like you, I don't remember hardly anything that I learned in elementary school as far as the all the things they taught us there. But I can tell you the most important thing that I do remember about my education, and that was that every one of my teachers loved me. Everyone, every one of my teachers was kind to me yeah, and cared about me, and I knew that. And the learning came. I mean, uh, the, the basics of learning what you're supposed to learn in elementary school, I don't remember doing it, but I got it because I was <laughs> able to go through high school and then go on to college. But, but I think that if you want to put something into learning, it has to be that the uh, more the more people that you associate with in your process that care about you as a person and love you. It gives you the freedom to not be under pressure or or uh, be scrutinized, and I think that that freedom allows the process to happen, the inquisitiveness, the desire to 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 learn and be adequate at whatever level. You know, there's not the pressure on you for you have to be at a certain level. We're going to give take all these tests. I don't remember being tested all the time either. We didn't have those national tests when I was going to school. And so it seemed to me like we didn't have the same pressures that kids do now that uh, you have to. Every, everybody learned and went on to the next grade, I guess. Anyway, that's the way it seemed to me. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end of the time, but I think let's, you know, take a few minutes here and just kind of have a few final words on this. I think that what you just said, one of the most important things that I've gained out of this is that we need to spend time helping other people learn how to love learning. And I don't know how to do that, but I find it very important, whether that be sharing knowledge to them that might prompt in them some sort of desire to to understand or, or sharing knowledge. And I think one of the most important things to helping others probably is going to be seeking people that you can learn from instead of waiting for people to come to learn from you is just you be the one to go seek them out, right? And and gain the knowledge. And, and one of the cool scriptures, this is in 1 Corinthians 2. Um, this is 1 Corinthians 2.11. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. And later on we learn that spirit knoweth all things, 
Um, and it could be actually in this verse. Nevertheless, the Spirit knoweth all things nevertheless. One day I'll get better at looking up scriptures super fast. This is Alma 7, 13. Now the Spirit knoweth all things. So this is similar to the scripture in Corinthians. Now the scripture knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh that he might take upon him the sins of his people, that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. And now behold, this is the testament which is in me. So it seems like <clears throat> the Spirit knoweth all things. So clearly we you know, need to spend time in, one of the big things is meditation, I feel like, and, and we don't do that a whole lot, but we should do it more. But my learnings is from this, I think in general, is seek people to learn from, whether that's the Spirit right, to gain knowledge from the Spirit directly, the Scriptures, reading the Scriptures, feasting on the Word of Christ, or talking to other people, reading books. It's just find something you're interested in or that you want to learn about and then go start finding people to talk to about it or read a book about it or watch a YouTube video. Like you said, we don't utilize technology enough for the resources it gives us, but there's so much information and knowledge right at our fingertips now that in the past you had to seek people out that were maybe 800 miles away. And now with the click of a button, the tap of a finger, I'm learning about philosophy and, and quantum physics. Right. So why are we on TikTok all the time then? And I'm sorry to be a call out, but that's a call out. TikTok ain't going to teach you a whole lot of stuff. It can. There's for sure stuff on there, but I think there's so much information in the world. And just focus on one thing. So that's what I learned from it. What about you? Yeah, I think that uh, that just in reflecting on on uh, my learning is that uh, I was surrounded with people who loved me early on and that freed me up to be no pressures and I was able to absorb and and learn. I think that um, I learned in college especially and probably high school that I learned best by listening because I, I reading something and deciphering what the author was trying to uh, impart to me, I, I didn't always get the point, and especially in college. So the, uh, the lectures and, and discussions were more important to me and my learning than the reading. And, uh, but, and lately, in reading the scriptures, I have found out that uh, reading the words slowly and not not trying to like read so many pages or so many paragraphs that is sitting, but just reading and trying to uh, prayerfully try to figure out what's going on 
and then allowing the spirit to teach me. And I've had more excitement in the last year, two, three years, as I read the, the Book of Mormon. And uh, I learned from the, uh, the spirit things what I do, I read the words and I don't always understand what's going on, but I'm surprising myself that the spirit is teaching us some things now that I didn't understand. And, and so there's many ways to learn and, and, uh, but I like the, the most rewarding is the when taught by the spirit. Yeah. And that's a whole other topic. Um, that I'm definitely going to talk about later, which is, and this is kind of a more of, of a philosophy thing, um, but it's it's how we gain knowledge through the spirit, and I think that it's just very important that we all understand that knowledge isn't just, you know, we we try to we determine oh well because I read a book that the knowledge I gained from reading the book came from the book well. The spirit could have been talking to you throughout that, and you could have gained insights that weren't words on the page, and you had an insight that came to you that may have been prompted by the spirit. Something that all of a sudden you just kind of realized. It could have been something completely irrelevant to what you were reading. You're reading the Book of Mormon, and all of a sudden an idea clicks about something. And I just don't think that we do enough. Okay, let me pull it back. I don't do enough with it for sure. And I hadn't done enough with it was spending time just in, in contemplation, reading the book of Mormon and taking one verse and just contemplating it for a little bit, seeing what ideas come to you, reading it three times, four times, five times, read the same chapter every day during the week, see what new ideas come to you. These, these words that we read are the words for sure. But when you're connected to that truth, then all sorts of things can come through that channel to you. And that's why in reading the Book of Mormon, it could be a completely irrelevant verse. You could be reading, I, I told you the other day, you could be reading about war, right? The war chapters in the Book of Mormon and be uh, get insights that are completely outside of the realms of war. And right. it's the most beautiful thing. And you need to write those things down. That's another thing I'd recommend just in closing. You got to write down the stuff insights that you get so that you don't lose those things that no teacher on earth taught you that you may have gotten right from the spirit so i think that that's pretty good insight so we need to just spend a lot more time talking to each other watching healthy youtube videos that teach us concepts or ideas and just seek learning whether that be studying things watching videos or by faith, through the Spirit, asking God to help reveal things to you. Yes. That should be a, a, a much bigger portion of our, our weekly endeavors. Um, right. And I, I think that uh, I think that helping others uh spark their interest in things to get excited about is uh, if you can do that for another person to help them to I think so many people are going through life and and they don't have any passion 
they're not interested in anything really. They're just going through the mundane everyday life and and uh, yeah. Until you can find something that interests you, that gives you a passion. And I was lucky enough to find a job that provided me that passion all my for 42 years and and every day was an adventure and and uh and so yeah that i was i feel very blessed and fortunate that i was able to do that most blessed man most best man most blessed man in idaho number one that number one and number five in the united states and Top 25 in the world, for sure. There you go. Yes. And I will attest to that. Grandpa, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for for uh, having me. And uh, and as I said earlier, I'm, I'm blessed with many grandchildren that uh, seek learning. And I was thrilled that as you went into college and uh, they had these foundation classes and, and uh, you enjoyed them immensely. Every one of them, it didn't matter if it was in uh, the, the science area or the history area or the English area or whatever you wanted the teachers, you, you was upset if they didn't impart more knowledge on you because you wanted to learn more. Which is, and uh, you, and you most some people just like one area of foundation, but you loved them all. Well, it's a blessing and a curse in my life. I what do they what do what do we call that master of none? Uh, uh, I'm a ex, expert in something, but, but a master of or uh, I don't know why my mind's blank right now, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this part right now is shouting it at the top yeah. of their lungs, but we can't hear you. Um, ma- um, jack of all trades, master of none. That's it. Yeah, and that's me, jack of all knowledge, master of none. Um, yeah, and I think but you've learned you've learned the secret. Well, I do enjoy learning, and I do get frustrated a lot when I when the application of that learning is is not what it what I know it should be, but. I think the fact that you, I think the fact that we desire to learn, most people in those foundation classes in college did not, they always complained about them. And again, I, I maybe struggled with some things, but I really enjoyed most of my foundation courses, especially the one that people hated the most, which was where we talked about ideas and nobody was right or wrong. Our instructor would present a challenging situation and say, how would you handle it? And just let us talk and figure it out. And I learned a lot in that class because I saw how other people would handle things that I didn't, I never had thought of before. Uh, it's like objective truth and then kind of maybe not subjective truth. Like there is probably a one right way to do things in terms of how God would do it. But being able to learn how other people look at things, it kind of gets you to the point where you're able to actually move a better direction because you see things now that you didn't see before. And I think that's what knowledge does to us is it, it gives us more insight into the world 
so that we actually see where to put more of our time and energy and where other things, I don't really need to spend time doing that over there. Um, and had I not learned what I have learned, I might be spending my time wasting it on stuff that doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, And I think also, I think also that uh, the person who can, from their, from how they learn, if they find peace in life and be peaceful in them, in them of themselves to learn how to function with other people right, and to get along and to uh, be kind. And I just think that if education doesn't include the, the psychological part of it and the social part of it, uh, I think there's got to be balance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well thanks for thank including you. me. No, I we're going to do more with you because you and I talk a lot about different things, and you were able to prompt good questions and give good uh, good thoughts on things. So thank you again, um, and I will probably be coming out there in a second to grab some food. But we will see you then, and we will talk to everyone next time.